want to I want to read you the verse that we started that we covered last week because we're into the story arc now uh, in the book of Acts where the, uh, the early Christians have been chased out of Jerusalem and their whole lives have been blown to bits uh, and yet what we find out is uh, those who had been scattered went around preaching the word and Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he began proclaiming Christ to them and all the crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing for in the case of many who had unclean spirits they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed and there was much rejoicing in that city so even though they were now refugees everywhere they went all they could do was talk about Jesus all they could do was lift up the name of Jesus all they could do was share the gospel with people uh, and not just a oh excuse me uh, Mr. Gene I was just wondering if you had have you ever heard of, uh, of Jesus of Nazareth and then Gene might say why no tell me about him uh, well he died on the cross to pay for your sins and and he came back from the dead uh, and now he wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit that, that would be a nice conversation, but that's not the way that they proclaim the gospel. They, their method was not just to share the message, but to proclaim it uh, in a bold, confident, open, excited, urgent way because they were, they were determined to draw attention to the truth and to get people to listen. There was nothing stealth. There was no stealth preaching going on. There wasn't this where you, uh, you take a, you go to the public library and you take a tract and you hide it inside of a book and you stick the book in there and hope somebody finds it. This was like, hey, you guys, have you heard about Jesus? Did you know that Jesus is the son of God and he died on the cross to pay for your sins? Did you know? Do you have you ever heard of that before? Did you did you know that he now is alive because he wants to fill you with the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, and he wants to come and live inside your life, and he wants to give you his power, the same power that raised him from the dead, and he wants to come and live in you and give you an eternal relationship with God. Had you ever heard of that? Did you know it? Well, don't take my word for it. Come over here, Mr. Sick Person. In the name of Jesus, because you will know that there's a God, on, that, that Jesus Christ has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Arise, take up your bed, and walk. And it got people's attention and they because they could even back in those days charlatans philosophers people who got paid to just talk um even this was before the 24-hour cable news networks people got paid to talk um and the, the rock stars in those days were the philosophers and the, the orators and you could go to an amphitheater someplace and you could listen to guys talk and go, ooh, I never heard that word before. Uh, but uh, I, I'm not here to talk. I'm here to demonstrate the power of God to you. And so they lifted up Jesus. Then the power of God showed up. Then people were drawn to Jesus because they knew the gospel was true. Okay, so that was what was going on. Uh, but so now, uh, now we come to today. This is still in that vein uh, but let's look at this. Something amazing. So, now there was a man named Simon. Did I? Well, let's don't do that. Let's go back. 
Come on. Did I break it? Ah, there we go. Uh, now, there was a man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city and astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. And they all, from the smallest to the greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, this man is what is called the great power of God. And they were paying attention to him because he had for a long time astonished, here's that word again, astonished them with his magic arts. But when the people believed Philip, preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike, and even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued on with Philip. And as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. Now, this is a Greek word that shows up three times. Twice it's, it's translated as astonished. The other time it's translated as amazed. But it's... Um, loose, in English, this word would be something like, what? Uh, it's, it's, it's shock and awe and confusion. Like, did you just see that? What just happened? How did you do that? See, Simon the magician... Uh, the King James Version says he bewitched people, uh, but it's not really, in the Greek, that's not, it's not like he controlled people with supernatural powers. It just means he practiced sleight-of-hand magic that fooled people, that made people go, how did he do that? How did that happen? And, but he was so good at it that we're, people were just freaking out and they followed him everywhere until they encountered Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the preaching of Philip. And then they saw stuff that Simon was never able to perform, like casting out demons, like having people uh, blind and crippled, uh, severely ill, injured people get up and be instantly healed and start running around. And not only did all those people stopped following Simon and started following Jesus. They wanted to be baptized. They wanted to belong to Jesus. But Simon himself, who, lest we forget, made his living by fooling people, pretending to be something he wasn't, got his attention because he knew that there was more than sleight of hand going on here. There's this is more than tricking somebody. There's more than magic tricks. This was something, as we'll see later on, uh, that that Simon knew was genuinely life-changingly supernatural. He was astonished. He was amazed. The people were astonished and amazed, and they were drawn to something that could only be accomplished by the presence and the power of God. And it makes me wonder, as I, as I looked at this passage, it made me wonder. You know, we sing Amazing Grace, right? Wonderful old song. You know, Amazing Grace was a great song, but it wasn't really a super popular song uh, until... 
What was her name? I can't think of the the, the folk singer. Until Judy Collins, until Judy until Judy Collins recorded that song in the early '70s, and everybody suddenly got swept up by the by the way it blessed their hearts. They couldn't explain it, but they all loved it. Uh, so now everybody knows how to sing Amazing Grace. And we sing it in church all the time. But I'm still wondering, is anybody really amazed anymore? Does anybody come into church? Does anybody come into a meeting of Christians? Does anybody hang out with Christians? Is anybody connected with a body of Christians? And they come away saying, I've never seen anything like that. I've never experienced something like that. It's, it's just, wow, what just happened? God showed up and, and, and he did something amazing. He did something astonishing. We saw something take place in that meeting. We saw God do something in answer to my prayer in the darkness of my prayer room. God did some stuff that I didn't think was even possible. Are we really amazed at anything anymore? The church has too many spectators waiting and wanting to be entertained. And you've already had your cat video for today. So, uh, but, but we show up. And we want to be entertained. We're not even expecting to be amazed anymore. How many people really show up expecting to be amazed and astonished by the presence and power of God? Uh, It's such a small portion. Well, let's see. um, You're you're special class. I'm not not preaching at you. I'm preaching uh, in a general sense that one of the reasons, so I, was, I had a conversation with Tommy Tucker yesterday. Um, he used to be the, he's now an associate pastor at First Methodist in Marble Falls. He used to be the pastor out here at Grace United Methodist. And he said that, you know, at Grace right now, I mean, I mean at First Methodist right now in Marble Falls, they are really struggling trying to find a plan to reach a particular age group. Guess which age group? That's right. 20 to, th- 20 to 30 year old uh, singles and maybe folks who are just out getting married and starting families or college age or beyond. Just tw- you know, 20-ish to 30-ish. Uh, they're even th- thinking about hiring a special uh, pastor with a portfolio to just try to reach out and minister to those kids. And I said, Tommy, all of the statistics, all of the research shows that um, there is a pent-up desire in that age group. Uh, the, all the, all the, the people in that age group will tell you, if you ask the right questions, that they still uh, have a spiritual hunger, that they, they still consider them to be, to some degree, spiritual, but they just don't believe that their needs can be met in a church anymore. They'll want to go to a coffee shop. They'll want to go to a yoga group. They'll want to do some sort of, they'll want to join an organization that's helping to save the planet. They want to be involved in something that has meaning, and they don't think that you can encounter uh, God in a life-changing way inside of a church anymore. So, uh, and you know why? Because most of the time you don't. Most of the time there's nothing that takes place in church on Sunday morning that astonishes anybody that makes people go wait what uh when when believers get together uh whatever it is that we do too rarely involves 
experiencing the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in a way that makes people go, wow, wow, wow. Um, we have too many spectators. Uh, and like I already said earlier, we aren't supposed to sit on the front sidelines. We're supposed to be on the front lines telling our stories, becoming channels of the power of God so that people can encounter God in astonishing, life-changing ways. God wants to express His love and His power to every single person that you come into contact with every day. Um, there are... There are God hasn't changed. All in favor of that statement. God has not changed. I? Okay. So that means that God's power still astonishes. God's spirit still astonishes. The, God, the moving of, of God among people still um, amazes and astonishes. But we don't, we don't expect it. We don't prepare for it. We want to go to the cat video church. Uh, we want to have the cat video experience. Uh, we want to be able to go out of the church and say, wow, that was a a great sermon. That gave me a lot to think about. Or, I just love that special music today. Uh, it just really moved me. We want to be moved. We want to be uh, intellectually stimulated. Uh, we want to make friends. Um, are, are, are our hearts hungry for God to show up? Are we praying and expecting for God to show up? As, as the body of Christ... Uh, in this community, in this city. Uh, so I have three stories from yesterday. And this is, this is just to help you understand how simple some of this stuff is. Um, so I was hanging out at, at Christmas Outreach Barbecue yesterday. A lot of people came through, uh, including a guy named Jonathan Curley. I don't know how many of you have met Jonathan Curley. He's as uh, a lieutenant in the fire department. Um, and I've known Jonathan since he was about eight. Um, his, he and his brother and his mom went to Central Christian Church back uh, in the old original Central Christian Church building. And uh, got to know them, ministered to his mom and his dad for a while. They finally broke up. Um, I just keep one running into Jonathan every once in a while, and he's been really faithful serving out here in Granite Shoals. And uh, he introduced me to his wife yesterday. He's been married for a while now, but but he and I and his wife have never been in the same place. And so uh, he so he said uh, her name was Gloria. He said, "Gloria, come over here. Come over here." I uh, this this is Brother Jackie. Remember you remember me telling you about Brother Jackie? Uh, he's the guy who prayed for me. He's the he's he's the kind he's kind of like that pastor prophet guy. And remember, remember me telling you that when I first started my business, that he prayed for me, and he had some advice from me from God, and it all happened. It's all happened. I'm so I I still remember. Thank you so much for praying that prayer. He's got and he handed me his business card and said. My business is going great. Thank you so much for praying for me. And everything that you prayed in that prayer, it's all happened. I'd forgotten about all of that. But in that prayer time that I had with him all those years ago, 
he encountered the, the presence and power of God. And it's, and he's not forgotten it. Uh, and, it's, and it's drawn him to Jesus because of that. That's, then, while I was still out there, um, I went up to the lady who was taking the tickets. Her name was Michelle. And uh, it's a really, really special lady. She has young children. Her husband is the police chief here. Um, and uh, she started telling me that th their middle child, I think his name is Garrett, Friday night was running temperature of close to 103. And she and her husband stayed up all night checking on him and giving him aspirin and stuff. And, uh, and finally his temperature came down enough for them to think that it was okay. That left him with his grandparents and they came on to do the thing yesterday. His temperature had finally gotten down to about 100 and uh, his fever had, his sweats had broken and all that. Uh, and so we talked and, uh, and, and then I just stopped. And I just took her hand and I just, just right there just prayed for Garrett that God would completely deliver him of the infection. Uh, and he's commanded that infection, infection to break off of him and be healed in Jesus' name. And she was kind of crying at the end and again telling me how much I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, last night, we were at a party. For, it was a birthday party for Crystal Jasper. And our, our good friends, David and Barbara Bend, were there. And David was telling me, just in kind of a conversational way, because he helps with the music at First Baptist in Marble Falls now, and, and but he had some really serious bout of acid reflux disease that went on for several weeks, and it has left him with a kind of hoarseness in his throat, and has knocked three notes off the top of his range, and we're coming up on... Christmas. The doctor says, you just take it easy and take this medicine. It'll, it'll heal. It'll be fine. It'll just take a while. Um, but his throat is scratchy and, and he can't really sing. Uh, if you know David, you know that he just, he just lives for music and he lives to sing. And so he's kind of restricted right now. And I just stopped. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was like the conversation is hardly even broken. I just reached out and I took his hand. And I prayed for supernatural healing for his throat. Um, and David's response afterwards was, thank you so much for doing that. I've been struggling with this condition now for several weeks. Nobody has ever prayed for me. They, they're all concerned for me. They all say, I'm so sorry you're feeling bad. I hope you get better soon. But that's the first time, you're the first person to ever stop and pray and ask God for healing. Okay, so those three stories are indicative of how easy it is to introduce the presence and power of God 
into any kind of conversation you're having with somebody. It wasn't necessary. Those weren't necessarily evangelistic conversations because all three of those people were, were believers. Uh, but each one of those prayers had an immediate impact. And, and, and I believe that, that, that in those latter two cases, God's healing power is going to be revealed um, just because it wasn't magically uh, instantly revealed yesterday in the middle of the prayer. I know that in Michelle's case and in David's case, faith was released and expectation was released. Hope was released. A new connection with the Holy Spirit was released. Uh, and an opportunity was created for God to show up and, and, and astonish people and amaze people. You know, bless his heart, Jonathan is still remembering. He he's continues to be astonished and amazed every time he remembers that prayer that I prayed for him, however many years ago it was. He still remembers that, that the power of God touched him that day and, and he sees the glory of God just in, as he goes to work every day and knows that he has confidence uh, that he is where he's supposed to be because God's confirming that word over and over every day. But it was, it was just as simple as saying, wait, I'm going to pray for you right now. We created opportunities this morning to be astonished and amazed as we prayed for each other. Um, how often do we, think about this, how often do we as believers do to each other what all of the believers that David has been hanging around with for the last few weeks did for him? Oh, You've got the damage to your esophagus. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I hope you feel better soon. How often do we do basically the same thing? Oh, I, uh, I heard you're sick. I heard your kid's sick. I heard you're having this thing. Well, well brother, we'll pray for you. Uh, sister, we'll pray for you. Uh, it's, it's a short trip, but a huge shift in behavior to say, Oh, no. Well, let's talk to Jesus about that right now. Let's, let's take this to the Lord right now and just reach out. Even if it's on the phone, just reach out and just pray. You can do, absolutely, you can do it on the Internet. You can, uh, and wow, typing that prayer on the Internet where it's there like forever, where people can be reminded of it forever every time they go back and see it. This is, like I said, it's... It's a, it's a short trip, but a major shift in behavior to see every opportunity when you connect with somebody. Is, I may not personally have all the answers. Somebody may, may ask me something about God or about the Bible, and I may not know. But I don't have to have all the answers because Jesus is the answer. And... Do I want, at the, at the end of that conversation, do I want people going away saying, well, that guy's really smart, and he told me stuff that I didn't know before, and now I know new stuff. Or do I want them walking away saying, 
I just had an encounter with God. Wow, that, that, that prayer happened, and I, I felt it. I felt it. I felt a warmth in my shoulder. I felt a tingling in my hands. I felt something leaped inside my heart, and I, and I had new hope. I had new hope in my life because somebody just prayed for me. I, th- I, think God's, I think God's at work in my life now. I wasn't sure before, but now I think I do. Um, all, remember, I, I tell you over and over again, everything that happens after you tell your story, everything that happens after you say the prayer, that's up to Jesus. It's not up to you. But if we don't tell the story, and if we don't say our prayer, then people go through life like David, saying, I've been struggling with this for weeks. You're the first person that ever asked to pray for me. Uh, thank you so much. It was like, thank you so much for praying for me. Uh, I suppose David could have asked somebody to pray. I don't know why he didn't. Um, but the fact is that n- nobody was moved. Tells me that we aren't preparing ourselves to be amazed by God anymore. What would your life be like? What would this church be like? What would this community be like if we got back into that mindset or, or entered into that mindset for the first time where it was just second nature to say, Let, let's, talk, let's take this to God right now. Let me pray for you right now. Um, it's changed my life. You know, I keep telling you these little stories. They just happen. Um, um, it, it, I'm grateful to God for it, but it's, it's not because I'm a pr- professional praying person because I didn't used to really do this very much either. Um, but God has opened my eyes to these opportunities we, to create amazing encounters does that make sense Uh, are we open to creating amazing encounters with other people with each other that whether for the first or our first thought is let's let's lay hands on this person let me pray for you uh, instead of here let me let me talk to you for five minutes about the way you ought to change let me counsel you let me preach to you let me explain stuff to you instead uh, to shift to Let's just, in the name of Jesus, let's just speak to this situation right now and ask for God to intervene and deliver it. Would you rather, wouldn't you rather God just show up and blow some of these things apart? All right. So the, the, the part of that is us taking that as our, our first reaction. Because that's what we're called to do. Just like all Philip did was go around and say, hey, I want to tell you about Jesus and then I want to pray for you. And I want to rebuke the devil, I want to bring all the crippled people. Let's have a line for crippled people over here. Let's bring the blind people. Oops, oh, sorry, sir. Bring the blind people like over this way. Um, and, let's, and then let's just start praying. Because in order for you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, in the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus, be delivered. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus, I speak to that spirit of 
bitterness and rebellion. In the name of Jesus, I speak to fear. In the name of Jesus, I speak to unforgiveness. In the name of Jesus, I speak to strife and division. And God, show up in these situations and deliver us and heal us and amaze us. Um, and then see what... Uh, then, then, it's, then it's in His hands, and then we just hide and watch. All right? Can we kind of make each other promises that, that we are going to be first responders in prayer to create uh, amazing encounters with God? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are tired of being entertained. We want to go from being on the sidelines to being on the front lines. We want to be first responders in prayer in any situation. Anytime anybody tells us of a need or a problem, instead of giving them a lecture or giving them advice, or or instead of saying, well, brother, I'll be praying for you. Lord, change our behavior so that, that our first step of faith is to pray without ceasing and to and to speak your word by your authority in prayer into those situations, Lord, that you would come up, that you would be manifested, that you would create this amazing encounter that would draw people to you so that they can look back and say, I remember the time when somebody, I don't even remember their name, but they prayed for me, and God touched me and changed that situation and changed me. And I've been following Jesus ever since. We ask it in his name. Amen.